Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin for Ghani Ramin, Class 2A Basketball, historically has been my favorite, but now we have some juggernauts in Class 2A, and it might not be my favorite anymore, but I am eager to break it down, so let's get right into it. Despite what it may or may not be Kyle we will still break it down and we'll start at number one Pace Academy they um, come from 3A where they won a state championship and they return their whole starting five my intuition is that does not happen very often to return your whole starting five much less for a championship team to return its whole starting five so it only seems apropos to start there Kyle uh yeah um on paper it's unfair this is an open and shut case on paper mind you on paper they still have to play the games um but a team like pace academy you know they have different (laughs) different resources they can definitely pull from you know you're looking at number two swainsboro a rural school like swainsboro it's far far away and then you look at pace academy who has you know the pick of the litter over there Charmin White, the head coach, you got probably a future All-American in a six-foot-seven wing, and Florida State commit Matthew Cleveland. You got six-foot-six Cleveland State commit and Cole Middleton. Six-foot-six Josh Reed is blown up over the summer, has high major offers now. Um, you got a six-four point guard in Madison Durr, who's just a solid player, um, and you know they got a, a young freshman in L. Jay Moore, who's 6'5", that's supposed to be pretty good. And Josh Minenberg's uh, been there since day one, a senior point guard. So this team is, uh, you know, they're uh, they're a heavy, 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 heavy favorite. It's hard to uh, hard to really see anybody competing with them. I mean, what happened last year in the state playoffs? I think that that has to give some um, some confidence into some of these schools. I mean, how Jefferson was up at the half. Um, but 20 to 13 really slowed down pace academy but then they just couldn't score in the second half and you know pace ran away with it and won the title 48 to 35 um but yeah pace academy a heavy favorite i think like swainsboro with the seabro twins north carolina state football commits tight ends both six foot four frederick seabro he's a terrific player i think he could give pace academy and pretty much anybody problems with his dynamic style of play inside and out can take you off the dribble plays above the rim super physical great rebounder love his game i think he could have been a college player definitely if he chose to go that route um he's really really good um but you know if they ever run into a pace now you're seeing a guy in like cole middleton who's just as strong as you if not stronger and he's bigger than you taller you know height wise and you got to deal with the six-seven guy and the six-six guy, so it'll make life tough. But I know that Swainsboro team—if they ever matched up with Pace Academy, they are not backing down. They have some dogs over there. Um, they press, they get after it. They're athletic. Derek Jones flies all over the court as a six-one guard, blocks shots, rebounds. Um, they graduated their two top scoring guards from a season ago, so that means guys like Tyler Kelly are really going to have to step up and see some bigger minutes. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. Um, so I know Swainsboro, I'm, I'm sure they're licking their chops. They want to defend their state title, and they don't care if it's Pace Academy, the Atlanta Hawks, or the Harlem Globetrotters. They're going to play whoever comes across their path, and uh, especially if they see them, um, you know, before making. I mean, just looking at the region, I got the bracket right here, see if they would ever match up. You're looking at, 
Region two and region six. Where do we got region two and region six? I mean, let's look here. Region six, number one. Region two, number one. So if those two teams didn't meet, it looks like it would be in the state championship. Because I was going to say, if if Swainsboro could get Pace Academy or any of these teams at home, you you know, you've heard the horror stories. It is hard to beat Swainsboro at Swainsboro. Just ask Holy Innocence from years and years ago. Um, but Swainsboro is a really, really tough team. And you know, it's it'll be a really fun match to see those teams that they could collide. But I mean, shoot, Pace Academy in that really tough region, they got a ton of teams in the top ten right there. Um, they're going to be battle tested either way. Yeah, we are going to talk about two regions in Class Two A. Call first Region Six of wi- of out of which, excuse me, Pace Academy hails. They have number three Columbia, number four Lovett, and a twenty-five and eight Theral and a sixteen and twelve South Atlanta. All of them are going to be fighting for spots to uh, play in the state playoffs. Yeah, and that's another one of these uh, another one of these regions that's likely going to see a, a pretty tough team. Uh, put out i mean south atlanta at 16 and 12 that's always a, a a tough team now they're slipping a little bit from where they once were but john laden's still there and uh, they got hollis in the backcourt that's a nice little duo um but columbia you know kawasaki ricks led the DeKalb county in assists last year at five over five assists per game they got a harrison's a really good uh three-point shooter dequavius harrison um they said he uh, led the county in three-point shooting at 60 percent and then julius coleman uh shot 50 percent from three now if those numbers are accurate or not who knows but that's what was reported to the DeKalb county um you know statistical page um you add in a guy like julius lyman inside from tri-cities a, a big strong physical six foot six presence inside as long as he can stay healthy he's really tough you got mason lockhart who was a first teamer as a sophomore last year at carver atlanta he averages a double double he's going to be a division one player really solid and steady inside so those two guys they provide some size uh, to compete with pace academy inside and also compete with love it i mean 19 and 8 ryan mutumbo six foot 11 going to georgetown um you know love it's going to be tough you know, he averaged 24, 12, and 3 a season ago. It's just going to be who steps up next to him. Jay Joshi was an all-region pick last year. They got Kyle Walters as a six foot three sophomore. Alex Walters, six foot five. And then Tyson Brown's a really good athlete on the perimeter at six foot three. It's just who's going to be able to consistently score around uh, Ryan Mutumbo is going to be the big key there. And then Farrell, uh, Marlo Crane, new head coach now, now steps over for Eddie Johnson. And what do they have left in the tank? Um, you know, they, they lose uh, Robbie Armbrester, obviously, who transferred out west. He's not there anymore. Who is there? Do they have enough left through the pipelines to rebuild that program quickly and become a state title contender in short time? Um, remains to be seen. But that's going to be a really tough region right there. Uh, love it. Pace Academy, Columbia. A lot of those teams could win a lot of games and you know they're going to challenge pace academy they're going to all have multiple cracks at pace academy you know when you got that 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 target on your back you usually get every team's best shot and they're going to get the best shot of some really good teams and similarly we need to touch on region two we talked about number two swainsboro but also out of region two we have number eight woodville Tompkins, number nine vidalia and number 10 jefferson davis rounding out the top 10 yeah so that was a a really tough region last year and i think again it's just these are quality programs now it's it's quite possibly like you're not gonna be able to really put four or five teams in the the poll the entire season because they're gonna beat each other and then they're gonna play some other good teams outside of the region and you're gonna take some losses um 
But, you know, starting with Woodville Tompkins, 15 and 13 a year ago was a rebuilding process after they were like 29 and one the, the year before that. Um, they, they got some work to do. They, they really performed, uh, you know, admirably last year. Uh, winning those games and improving uh, and now this is a team that's really come of age Alfonso Ross is a really good sophomore average 14 points per game Antonio Hunt 12 5 and 4 as a sophomore uh, Wes Walker inside 6 foot 6 only a sophomore still raw but can block shots and can rebound and knows how to finish with the ball high inside he's going to be a key piece um, Lucas Platoon are on the perimeter smart player and Zion Powers a really energetic guy that can do a lot of stuff for Lenny Williams so Woodville Tompkins will be uh coached very well and they're gonna really um compete and they're gonna have to play all those teams in Chatham County you know Chatham County they're not letting any of their teams from Savannah travel outside for showcase events like we had John Savannah coming to the the CTC Classic they had to drop out so um expect Woodville Tompkins to play all these Savannah teams and uh, really get battle tested, especially if they see teams like Windsor Force and Johnson Savannah and New Hampstead. Like they're going to see some really good teams, and if that's the case, that's really going to prepare them um, for the state playoffs. And then number nine, Vidalia, uh, Tommy Daly wins a lot of games, uh, 195 and 44 over the past uh, couple seasons since 2012-2013. He's won over 20 games and what is it eight uh, seven of the past eight seasons so he just knows how to win and his son ty daly a six foot four junior is a really solid player that can score inside and out um but i think again that's going to come down to supporting cast they lost a lot of key players surrounding uh ty daly uh, they got six foot three matt hill was a all-region honorable mention pick so he's going to be a, a guy that you would assume is going to be a, a number two option or so for coach daly and then number 10 jeff davis this probably surprised some people and you know jeff davis jacques kirby reigning two-time uh class 2a player of the year now at murray state but you know a team that was 18 and 9 they kind of dropped off last year and you know who was the only class 2a team to beat swainsboro last year that was jeff davis and do you know who jeff davis had when they did that that was uh cj parker who is now a junior and he hurt his wrist and he missed the end of last season last year but when they beat swainsboro early in the year 71 68 it was not jacques kirby that went crazy it was cj parker that went crazy 25 points and eight rebounds against swainsboro's uh this is a player that can really score the ball, shoots it with a really quick trigger, has gotten more athletic, has gotten better at getting to the basket. Now, it worries me that he didn't play travel basketball throughout the summer. That really does scare me. So it's it's up to him to see did he develop on his own. But, you know, the spotlight's on him now. And he's going to be on a team that has pretty much everybody coming back. you got um, Brand Swain, a five foot eight junior, Michael Dotson, Brandon Sturgis, both those guys juniors. You got a senior in Ty King. You know, they don't have a six foot six forward anymore, but they have a lot of experienced guards that have played uh, alongside a great player like Kirby. And now they're going to shift their focus towards, okay, we're going to be a lot more guard oriented with CJ Parker. Can Parker carry the load? Can he score enough points? And can everybody else around him lift their level of play as well to be able to stay in the top 10? A great question. It's going to be tough to do in Region 2, but I think they have the talent in place. And Kyle, uh, we would be breaking tradition if I did not ask you for a team that just missed. And so to prevent this one from getting a bit too long, a team that just missed and a couple dark horses, please. Just missed Northeast 
make it. 12 and 15 a year ago, but their top three are back, all juniors. Uh, Travion Solomon's a really good guard, average just under 15 points per game. Um, you're looking at uh, Melandre Pettigrew, 10 points per game, and Zion Odom, Odom's average close to eight points and six rebounds. So Northeast Macon, I think they're going to be above 500. You're looking at a, a region that had Blakely County, 12 and 17, Dodge County, 3 and 22, Jasper County, 6 and 20, Lamar County, 5 and 19, Southwest Macon, 4 and 19. So you're not playing any world beaters, but a team that is a dark horse and is going to be their top competition and possibly the favorite to actually win that region is Washington County, 20 and 7 last year. Jarden Mays has since graduated. But they do have Kawan Bloodsaw, average over 10 points. They got a junior in Caleb Moore who really picked up his play over the offseason. And then Preston Kent, a senior, transfers back to Waco after moving to GMC where he led the Bulldogs in scoring at 14 points per game. A really good scoring guard that can manipulate the ball and really get into the lane. I like his game. I think Waco could be a dark horse and one more dark horse just because they have two great guards that have done it before and can score the ball a lot, and they don't play a ton of games because they're always deep into football season, but that may change now, uh, especially they do have a new head coach over there. But Callaway, 14-8 and last year. Two little guards, Demetrius Coleman and Javante Body. Both of them can give you 20 points per night, especially Coleman, who's a big-time football player. Those guys are extremely dangerous in the backcourt, and if you get into an up-and-down game with those two great athletes, Callaway can burn you, especially if they get hot from deep. And now let's flip it over to the girls' side of Class 2A. Um, we have number one, Early County, number two, Washington County, number three, Raven County, number four, Josie, and number five, Vidalia to open the season. And so let's start with Early County, Kyle. Early County, I mean, when you got the best player in the classification, um, you're probably going to be a, a favorite. Six foot three going to Florida State, Michaela Timpson, a dominant player, has won a uh, class 2A player of the year, back-to-back year. She averaged just under 23 points, uh, 11 rebounds, two assists, four steals, and five blocks per game. So she is dominant, and I think I think it could be the year that she finally ends her season with the state championship. Uh, I, I think that's a really, really good team, especially with her roaming the paint. She can really just take over games inside. Uh, very dangerous player. And then another player that I really like on that team that really you know makes him a well-rounded team uh, is Jordan Eford, a solid junior guard, 13 points, three rebounds, five assists, just under four steals per game. I've always really liked her. Now, she gets overshadowed because of Timpson, obviously, uh, but she is a really tough guard. Uh, does a little bit of everything. Just read off the stats for you. I really like her. And if I'm a Division II school, that's a player I'm really looking at closely. Number two, Washington County is 23-5. and five. Coach Shug Parker also fell to Douglas in the Elite Eight last year, 54-53, but's looking to make another deep run. They'll have to contend with another perennial top five team, Raven County, who finished last year 23-4. and four. Mean it is a prevailing theme. All these teams in the top three lost to Douglas last year, and that just that that and you know we know we talked about Douglas in our previous podcast in three A, and they're not ranked right now. They graduate a lot, they move up, but 
it, it goes to tell you like that, that run Douglas made last year was insane. They beat number one, early County. They beat number two, Waco. They beat number three, Rabin County. I think there's a couple other teams um, that we have in our, our top 10 that uh, Douglas beat too. They beat freaking number four, Josie. They beat all these teams. I mean, it's just crazy to think about. I mean, it means nothing at all this year, especially considering how they're in a different classification, but beat the top four preseason teams in class two way it's just it's it's mind-boggling but um looking at this year's team number two waco uh, miracle parker i really like her really good player uh 19 points per game really good wing can score the ball has a nice jump shot uh, ashley gray is a, a solid rebounder plays bigger than her size inside a double double threat uh, so that's a two-man team right there and they got some other nice players in uh mckaylee parker uh, sophomore and then Naraya Gamble as well. So if those two are back, they have a, a nice little four man core. They got to replace Destiny Ellison, who was a, a spunky little guard that could could put up some points. I think she had a really big game in their loss to uh, Douglas, but um, I think Washington County is going to be fine. They're going to be really good. And Rabin County under Coach Didi Dillard, it, it doesn't matter. It's the 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 trademark and just the epitome of. Tradition does not graduate. Culture does not graduate. Rabin County, the standard is the standard. Rabin County was 23 and 4 last year, but they slipped all the way to the four seed. So uh, they were 23 and 1 heading into the region tournament, and then they lose their final three games of the season. Just, just, just crazy, just crazy. But that's a team that's going to be really good. Uh, again, you know, Gracie Dietz, Carly Haben, Sophie Wooder, Lauren Styles. Um, but I'm looking at the two fresh and Lucy hood and Ellie Southards. Uh, I think hood, especially a really tough guard. I think she could see some minutes early on in her career. Uh, but yeah, Rabin County, just like, you can't ever count them out. And they're always going to play in that tough region, region eight, you know, banks County, um, 15 and 16 last year, but always has upset potential. You're looking at Elbert County, um, who opens up in the top 10 at number 10, a team that was all freshmen last year, all freshmen last year. Now they're all sophomores. They were 16 and 10 last year. I think that's a team that's going to only improve, only get better. They need some more size, um, but that's a team that's just going to continue to get better and better and better. And then I'll just go ahead and jump the gun just to get it out of the way. A team that just missed out on the top 10 this year, Union County, 23 and 7 a year ago in that region eight. They lose a lot of their backcourt members. But junior Ava Hunter is a load inside. Great rebound, a great score, great touch. 16 points and nine rebounds per game. And then they also have a sophomore, Ellie Cook, uh, just under seven points per game. It would feel wrong to talk about 2A girls without talking about number four, Josie. They're always up here. They open at number four. And, of course, um, their their arch nemesis, their uh, – who a team who I feel is conjoined to them at the hip uh, and separated by only one school, that school being Vidalia, is number six, Laney, over there in Augusta. Yes, yes, exactly. Laney and Josie, the the Montagues and the Capulets. I mean, I was messaged asking, why, why is Laney ranked uh, so low below teams that they always beat? I said, well, read the uh, analysis on the website and I, I spelled out for you but if you can't do that I will give it to you right here on the podcast that's why we're doing the podcast for me just to help out and make things a little bit easier but yes Josie opens at number four Josie has Kishana uh, Kishana Brown uh, a 5'10 junior um, only averaged seven points per game last year but she's got Georgetown Gardner Webb Hampton North Florida Kansas State Seton Hall George Washington Cincinnati 
have all offered her over the summer. So it sounds like she's taking her game to the next level. And I hope that really reflects on her play because if not, the nightmare is going to continue. Josie has lost 34, count them, 34 straight games that I can track, 34 straight losses to Laney. And that is why Josie has had some good teams in the past, but they can never get a really good seed and go really deep. And then the one time they did have a, you know, they, they, they had that number two seed, obviously. And they had a, you know, a great posting run. Who'd they play in the state title? They played Laney and they lost again to Laney. So Josie is ranked ahead of Laney. Why are they ranked ahead of Laney? Laney has almost nobody back. This is a team that has had, major major um turnover over the past uh, year or two and this year it's 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 the most i mean that 37 uh 37 of their 70 points per game is gone um and that might not sound like a, a ton but it's a lot when all your top scores are gone their top three scores are gone your leading scorer coming back is altiana collier uh, a bruiser inside you're at seven points and seven rebounds. And then after that, it's a bunch of players that average five points, four points, four points. That's just what Laney always does. They play a ton of players. They get them in there young. And then you don't know, you know, someone might develop. Someone might average four points one year and then everyone graduates. And then they could be up to 14 points next year. That's something we may see this year. Um, but with that being said, which is there's too much uncertainty, especially in the backcourt uh, right now for Laney. And I know Amari Bonner, um, you know, average over five points per game as a, a freshman last year. So she could be the one that really takes the next step up. But uh, considering you're going up against a Josie team that has all those, you know, experienced players, a lot of seniors, a lot of girls that have been winning games for a while. Deja Huck led the team in scoring at over eight points per game. And then uh, they got a sophomore in Ariana Booker, who averaged over six points per game. But again, um, Josie on paper should be better than Laney. And that is why I put them ahead of Laney. But gun to my head, if I had to choose between Laney or Josie head to head, I'm picking Laney every single time until I see Josie can beat Laney. It's been what like it's been a decade or so since they've beaten Laney. And until you do it, I am not picking against Laney, no matter who they have on the roster, who they do not have on the roster. Even if Josie's roster on paper looks better and they're supposed to beat them, until they beat Laney, I will always pick Laney head-to-head. But as far as the entire state goes, I think Josie has the credentials to be ranked ahead of Laney heading into the season. And before we wrap this podcast up, I do request a dark horse in Class 2A, Kyle. Ooh, oh, okay, 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 okay. So I got, I got, um, I got three quick ones for you. Uh, how about down in Region Two, Ramin? I got a uh, I got a dark horse in Region Two, and that would be um, Woodville Tompkins. Actually, I'm looking at Woodville Tompkins. I think this is an interesting looking team, um, considering 14 and 12 a year ago. But their top five players are supposed to be back. Now they've been bit by transfers in the past before, but top five players are supposed to be back for Woodville Tompkins. Um, Jemiah. Uh, Hayward averaged 10 points and nine rebounds as a freshman. So she has a chance to really have some good momentum over her next three seasons, especially if you average almost a double double as a freshman, you, you got some talent there. So I'm looking at Woodville Tompkins. I got everybody coming back. So I think that could be a team that could really um, cause a ruckus in there in region two. 
And then over there in Region 3, Lamar County, 19-10 and 10 last year. Um, this is going to be a big step up in competition for them because they were, used to be housed in a region where the, you know they just they bludgeoned these teams and they just really didn't see a lot. And once they got into the state tournament time, it just it never really you know they they weren't able to replicate that success. Uh, I guess is uh, the easiest way of saying it. Um, you know, they played in a, a region last year, region five and two A. It just, it, it, it wasn't really that good. And, um, last year in the postseason, you know, they beat Dade County by two points, 39, 37, which is a, a nice win. And then they, they saw Waco and they lost 59, 42, but they do have some major talent to Maya blasting game, a junior, a guard average 19 points and six rebounds. She's good. And then Zaria Fletcher, I believe she has some D one offers or at least interest, uh, a post player at 5'10", average eight points, just under eight rebounds and uh, a block and a half a game. So that's a nice duo right there for Adam Ballard. I think, uh, like I said, it's it's going to be a step up in competition, but I, I do think that it's a team that it is improving. I do think they're going to be ready uh, to win a, a good chunk of games, uh, competing in a, a, a tough classification, tough region that sees Northeast Macon. Um, that is a, a really good team that opens up at number seven and then Waco at number two. And then lastly, um, Columbia, Columbia over there in region, uh, what is it? Region six, uh, India Terrell, a really good guard. They were 15 and 10 a season ago, but now she has Kiana Giles, uh, moves in from Arabia mountain, a late transfer. Um, she's only a junior. So Giles and then Terrell in the backcourt. I think Columbia has a chance to do some damage, especially looking at a region on paper that is not good columbia 15 and 10 and then who do they compete with in region six coretta scott king two and 21 elite scholars 15 and 10 but they lose their best player in layla hood kip atlanta nine and 15 love it six and 14 mcnair three and 19 pace who lost a player uh to transfer 11 and 16 south atlanta 16 and 12 Farrell 10 and 11 towers 5 and 15 washington 6 and 14 that tells me columbia has a chance to run the table and have a really really good season at least record wise and have a chance to crack into the top 10 at some point kyle as always i appreciate your time that will wrap it up for a class 2a analysis of the preseason state rankings if you're trying to find 7a to through 3a that has been posted previously where you find these podcasts the class a public and private will be coming shortly the full analysis is available on sandyspiel.com and you can find us on twitter at kyle sandy 355 and at sandy spiel we appreciate you listening and we welcome your feedback until next time on behalf of kyle this is ramin signing off